Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus the Christ. Our text this evening is our epistle reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. This is the text. You may be seated. I read once of a family that practiced forgiveness around their fireplace every New Year's Eve. They'd take down the previous year's calendar from the wall, and one page at a time, they'd remember the events of the past year. January would be torn off first, and with it came memories of a birthday party or some other joyous family event. After a laugh or a remember that, January would be laid in the flames. This would be done 11 more times until the last month's page was put in the fire. But not all of the memories were happy ones. There were times the family members could recall the anger, the misunderstandings, the hurt, and the pain they had caused one another. But they also recalled the forgiveness that Christ had made possible between them and that they had shared with each other. That's the kind of forgiveness to practice, daily to be sure, but also forgiveness for all the sins and failures of the past as God has forgiven us, totally. That's the forgiveness of which we are assured in the Holy Supper. Our sins are forgiven, indeed have been forgiven once and for all in Jesus' death on Calvary and His resurrection on Easter morning. Note the words of our text for tonight. Participation is stressed twice. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? Is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ. And so we come often to the Lord's Supper. And what joy is ours tonight. Observe the atmosphere here in the chancel. The note of sorrow that we've heard all through Lent is stilled this evening. And the Holy Supper is celebrated with rejoicing. The mood is one of exaltation, not of gloom. What is really happening here? Holy Communion is not a dead doctrine, but a dynamic drama. It is stirring, moving. It has a cast of characters, God and humanity, the script for the drama is recorded for us in the Holy Scriptures. The plot is almost melodramatic 
It is the rescue of a fallen child through an amazing plan devised by the Divine Father. And this drama is told every time we celebrate Holy Communion. We are swept with all humanity into the gripping plot as it develops. Here, each week, as we take our place in the wings of the stage of history and witness this drama of the Lord's institution of His Holy Supper, we see the broad sweep of the dramatic events of salvation passing before our eyes again as we remember the Lord's death until He comes. At least that's what this service of joy and praise is supposed to be. How often is it that way for you? Did you ever attend Holy Communion in a church? Certainly not ours. But some other church where the service was less a thanksgiving than a test of faith. The Gloria in Excelsis was sung like a funeral dirge. There was no joy of sins forgiven, no lifting up of hearts. The service was not a te deum, but a tedium. How can one expect to be spiritually refreshed when a congregation has lost the concept of joyful thanks that the Lord meant for us to share in the blessed sacrament of His body and blood? Some people have still not grasped the meaning and the blessings of the Lord's Supper. As Berthold von Schenk once wrote, doubtless, this is the cause of much spiritual weakness in our church life. It was not so in the beginning. The central worship of the early church was the Holy Communion. The prime motive which led Christians to form themselves into a fellowship was the desire to worship in their special Christian way. That was the celebration of the Holy Communion. Back of their coming together was, first and foremost, the desire to celebrate the real presence of Christ in the communion. We have gone a far way from the pristine church. Or as another author puts it, this realization of the death of our Lord is a means of an active fellowship with Christ. The believer absolutely yields his person to that transcendent vision of his crucified Redeemer and thus enters into communion with Christ himself. Christ takes him, penetrates him, and assimilates him to himself. Do you sense this closeness with Christ as you commune? Do you forget yourself, your record of performing during the week, your deeds, your offerings to God? And instead, at this altar, open yourself up to Him and say, Here, Lord, I am empty. Fill me with Yourself. It's reflected in the words of that beloved hymn, Rock of Ages. 
nothing in my hand I bring. Simply, to thy cross I cling. Naked, come to thee for dress. Helpless, look to thee for grace. Foul, I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. So it's not what you and I bring to God. Our hands are empty. It's God giving us of Himself. He gives us the body and the blood of His Son for the forgiveness of our sins. So let us participate as our text stresses twice. But then Paul goes on to point out, because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. At the same time that we note the intensely personal nature of the Lord's Supper, we also need to grasp the powerful corporate experience involved. Maundy Thursday is a time for renewal of Christian unity. It is a renewal in our common Lord, our common blessings, and our common task. It is a time for renewal in our common Lord so that we can be done with those things that usurp Christ's place within our hearts. It is a time for renewal in our common blessings so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal bodies. It is a time for renewal in our common task of confessing our faith, making a unanimous confession of all that Christ has taught. It is a time to share our joys and sorrows. It is a time to stand together against Satan. We will not be such easy prey for Satan when we remain in fellowship with each other. We can better resist Satan when we strengthen our fellowship by partaking of Holy Communion. We are not solo Christians. We need each other. Alone, we stumble and fall. United in Christ, we move ahead, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do His will. You and I, members of St. Andrew Lutheran Church, are we united in the work of our Lord that He's given us to do? Our Lord strengthens our unity again in Holy Communion here tonight. It is a time for renewal of our Christian unity in a common Lord, common blessings, and a common task. Then we will be a body of Christians who together confess Christ, support one another, and stand firm against temptation together. But one thing more needs to be said about the corporate nature of Holy Communion. Not only do we share a joy as we commune together with our family, our friends, and our fellow church members, but there's also a mystical fellowship with all those of our family and friends who have died in the Lord. 
Have you ever been to one of those usually older, rural churches where up in the front there's a little semi-circular communion rail that goes halfway around the altar from the back wall to the back wall? Did you know the symbolism behind that half circle? As the communicants come forward and kneel at the rail or stand in that half circle, the idea is that the circle is completed by the saints who've gone before us into heaven. That we still have communion with those who've gone before even though they are standing not around this altar or another altar, but the very throne of God. And so we join with them. And they with us. When we chant with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, holy, holy, holy Lord, God of Sabaoth, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Just listen. Hear them singing with you. The angels of heaven, the great saints of ages past, your grandparents or your parents or the spouse or brother or sister or child whom you lost. At the moment when you commune, you are swept together with them into one great host, rejoicing and praising God and saying, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So there you have the joyful communion. Intensely personal as you are penetrated by your Savior and also intensely corporate, bound together with others here and others there in a living, loving Christ. So come, you who are blessed by our Heavenly Father, inherit and feast on the heavenly banquet prepared for you since the creation of the world. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.